Hello and welcome to the Cinephile New Wave. I'm Duran. I'm Nick. And uh, we welcome our uh, guest, Sebastian. Sebastian, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi guys, uh, I'm Nick's friend. We met on a Broforce beta testing group. I'm the <laughs> Scarp uh, spammer in the credits. <laughs> that Very we nice. did. Very nice. Um, and for today, this week, we watched um, Darren Aronofsky's 2010 film, Black Swan. But before we get to that beautiful discussion, first, the news. Yeah, so um, this came out relatively recently, but uh, it was announced that Disney would be closing uh, Blue Sky, which was uh, Fox's animation department. Um, along with that came the cancellation of some of the movies they had in production, uh, which really, really, it, it hurt me. Um, because they canceled the Mona, which is a movie I had been waiting for, like, I, I want to say at least two years now. I had been waiting for them to, like, complete it. And I guess they had, like, ten months of work left on it. And they just canned it because they wanted to close the studio. That sucks. Um, um, I, didn't, I didn't hear about this one. What, what was this going to be about? Um... So it's based on a comic uh, that I read, and I read it kind of in anticipation for the movie. It's about this kind of shape-shifting girl who, uh, she she works for, like, a villain of the universe. But, you know, it's one of those stories where, like, the villain's actually the good guy because of, you know, circumstances. But, um, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it was it was a very cute comic, and it touched me, and I was, like, I was very sad to see that this project's just going out the window. I mean, it always it always sucks like for these kind of things for sure. Like especially if they didn't have like that much left. Yeah. Um, although like yeah, but that's like yeah, go ahead. it's such a Disney move of them. To yeah. Do. Like only Disney would close down the company and like just cancel the movie that they've been working. Just, yeah, like, um, it was it was definitely like kind of lingering in my head that kind of possibility that this might happen to this movie because i mean i know you know it's blue sky studios who's gonna miss them i guess ice age fans will but <laughs> that's what i was thinking because like i was struggling to like think of anything else they did besides ice age and like i know like that franchise has been kind of like run into the ground yeah i know they did yeah i remember did the rio. name but they did what rio oh right yeah that movie. yeah <laughs> yeah that movie um but I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm mostly upset just because you know that project is going, and I've just been waiting for it. But you know, yeah. it's it's a it's a casualty that I think anyone could have seen coming when they bought Fox. Unfortunately, it just kind of so. sucks because like there aren't that many like um, big studios doing like animation anymore besides like Pixar and then Disney, yeah. who are like both owned by the same people <laughs> yeah um and i mean at this point yeah like even blue sky was like owned by them um i i like i guess like dreamworks is like the other one yeah but... and then Leica, i i guess oh yeah yeah and they only get to uh, make like sony animation right yeah, yeah so... not true they're Not turning themselves they really around make, like too many good good like good stuff and maybe warner brothers animation as well mm, yeah. yeah true yeah for lego movie and uh spider verse hmm Oh no, Spider Verse is Sony. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Sony, like, Sony really outdid themselves with Spider Verse. So I'm excited to see yeah, the sequel. Yeah, considering that. they had made the Emoji Movie a few years prior. <laughs> we don't talk about that movie. 
I think it, it was it one year. It may have been one year afterwards that like, I think Emoji Movie was their like twenty seventeen release, and then Spider Verse was the twenty eighteen. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds right. I think Emoji Movie was like 2017, 2016. I'm I'm pretty sure it was twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys actually watched the Emoji Movie? I have not. It's an amazing no. experience. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Is it like is it like experiencing cats? Um, I'd say it's more painful because <laughs> oh, like at no. least like cats is like somewhat entertaining because <laughs> it's just so like disgusting. I don't know. <laughs> the emoji movie I, right. I'd say has like no entertainment value whatsoever, which is why I highly recommend it. <laughs> okay. That's that's why I've highly avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to um. To, to more important news uh gina gina carano i don't know that's how you pronounce her name has been I has been so. fired from from disney for for being conservative and nothing else she's uh she's she, a victim she has done nothing but post weird nazi-ish stuff that's all she's done conservatives all... in this country are, are being rounded up the whole world is against them that's why they they're in such such big positions of power. Like, but um, tell us tell us the important the, the important, important thing is that she is gonna be in a new film produced by Ben Shapiro's company, I guess, The Daily Wire, which I am so so excited about because I love like really weird like Christian or like conservative movies that are like made without like any kind of i don't know artistic input and purely <laughs> to push like a really like tired political agenda yeah i'm very excited for that i really hope something great comes out of this and the the the, the most like hilarious part is how like you know of course like all like the the twitter conservatives and whatever are screaming like 1984 1984 this is like cancel culture whatever whatever Except, like, literally the day of or, like, after she got fired, she secures, like, a fucking movie deal. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. such a, like, a joke to think that, like, there, <laughs> that there is, like, um, this so-called, like, woke mob of people that are, like, gonna stop you from, like, working or whatever, or, like, censoring you, when, like, literally the next day, she gets, like, another, like, job immediately. Yeah. I, I mean, but would that have been the case, like had i don't know because i i feel like when i don't know has this really happened before i just feel like this is a very uh like because i i know the daily wire had said that they were like setting up a film production studio and i wonder if that hadn't happened would she have been you know taken up by that well obviously they couldn't have been taken up by them if she's gone but like you know, you know what I mean. It's like, I I don't know if she would have been saved had the Daily Wire not been around. Maybe that's a possibility. But Rowan Polanski is still working. He's still True. making money. Woody Allen is still working. Despite, and I'm not necessarily accusing like Woody Allen here specifically, but like these people that have like so called like been canceled. I mean, I think yeah, Polanski is definitely like a. His his situation's a lot worse than uh, from what I've read into Willie Adams. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, regardless of, of you know who's right and wrong or whatever, 
the idea is that these people have been cancelled, but, like, yeah. they're still, like, getting work constantly. Yeah. So, it, it's like this, it, it's this false narrative that, um, you know, if you're cancelled because of, you know, one thing or another, you're gonna, like, never find work again or whatever. Because, like, you always, you always kind of, like, end up somewhere if you have, like, this, this amount of power, right? I mean, like, the only times which, um, I guess cancel culture has worked is if, like, you get arrested, you know? Like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or, like, Jeffrey Epstein, I guess. <laughs> but, I guess yeah, I guess Jeffrey got, Epstein has been canceled. canceled. Yeah. He canceled himself. Yeah. <laughs> he canceled himself. Oh my uh, God. He canceled himself twice in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, this, this whole thing is just, it's, it's so ridiculous. But I am, I am very excited for this movie. I really, I really hope we get something spicy out of this. I mean, there's nothing better than, like, conservatives pouring, like, hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know if it's going to be that much, but, like, allegedly this has, like, high production value. Oh, really? So, I thought it was going to be, like, some, like, straight-to-VOD garbage or something. Dude, if this has, like, actual high production value and they, they've just, like, waste this money i'm going to be like so happy oh my god i can't wait uh we're gonna definitely review that for the podcast absolutely <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a world what a world next um new takashi the... no, no, no 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 wait i'll, I'll go, go ahead, I, I'll, go ahead I, won't, I won't say too much i won't say too much um new takashi katano film the director of classics such as hanabi Santane and a Satoichi remake is gonna make and that um, one video game and that one video game and uh, a Japanese game show and a lot of other things that'll take us a while to list. We're already Man's kind of done everything, ranting but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> he is um, allegedly going to direct a film called Neck, which is gonna be um, an adaptation of a novel he wrote of the same name. That is gonna be about a. Um, it's gonna be set in, in um, medieval Japan, and from from what I read about in this uh, Variety article, there's gonna be it, it's gonna be kind of like Seven Samurai esque. Uh, it says here. Um, it's gonna be a fictional treatment of the real life Hanoji incident, in which famed warlord Odo Nabunaga was assassinated at a temple and. Kyotsuko and 1582. So, I'm excited. I haven't seen any of, um, like, Bitakashi's samurai stuff. If he's made more than one. I've only seen, like, his crime films, which have, for the most part, been, been pretty cool. So, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. excited for that. Hanabi's great. Uh, I haven't seen any of his movies, actually. Highly recommend... Uh, I, I watched uh, his game show. I, watched, I used oh, to watch yeah. Kyoshi's <laughs> Castle. That, like, when I was younger, that was, like, one of my favorite shows. Nice. Oh, you just love watching that. And then uh, I, I like recognize his face from uh, Battle Royale. That's yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's like his most famous role in like, um, like outside of Japan, probably. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Definitely check out Hanabi if you want to get into his stuff. Yes. I think that's yeah, a I'm pretty good starter. I'll have uh, Sonatine on my wish on my watch list. Yep. Nice. I'm gonna definitely check that out soon. I got um, so the BFI released this box set with with his stuff can't come with um violent cop 
Boiling Point and um, Sonatine. And uh, I've heard that that's like one of his best, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. You saving it? You saving it? Do you want it to be the last thing you watch on the box set? Yeah, well, it will be because I just watched the first two. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I guess that only leaves that then. Um, All right, shall we move on? Yeah, uh, I mean, sounds cool. I, uh, you know, Katano has impressed me just by one movie. So if this comes to the States anywhere, you know, where it's readily available, I'll, I'll definitely be down to go out and watch that. Hell yeah. Um, but. Baby, we got some news about Eli Ross Borderlands movie. <laughs> I hate this. Jack Black has been cast as Claptrap. <laughs> why? <laughs> My only question why is why. Dude, what is this cast, dude? They've, like, I don't, have you guys played the Borderlands games? I played a, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, is like one of my favorite games ever. Yeah, I have like It was my first FPS I ever played. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just, so fun. I mean, hundreds of hours in Borderlands 2, but like, what is this movie? Like, they've hired Kevin Hart to be Roland. Why? What is happening here? It's so short. <laughs> can, we get a, can we get a brief rundown on the cast? I'm not really familiar. Um, yeah, so they've, they've been announcing like a, a ton of casts lately um i know that they they announced jamie lee curtis is going to be uh patricia tannis who's like the kind of like insane doctor who like researches the vaults um, i can see her playing that yeah it could work but she's i don't know like that threw me off because she's a bit old for tannis I I feel say, like. yeah, she's quite old yeah and i like but nothing I mean, not against that Kevin Hart. yeah and it's you know nothing against that it's just like uh, what are you going for with this casting? I know Kate Blanchett's uh, Lilith. Um, who, who else? Who else did they put in this this dang movie? Yeah, um, I'm reading the article now. It's just what it. it yeah. So, so we got Jack Black. We have Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Kate Blanchett. So the, those are the <laughs> only ones that have so far. Um, <laughs> Uh, I know Jack Black and Kate Blanchett just worked with Eli Roth, so that's probably why that's happening. Um, but Jack Black is pretty good as the voice of Claptrap. I won't lie; that's probably like the the best casting they've they've done for. This yeah, that's movie. that's what I was gonna say. Like Claptrap was like an annoying bitch, and same with Jack Black. <laughs> I love Jack Black, by the way. <laughs> um, I don't know, but, but I think the the Claptrap voice is like quite iconic. I remember I played through a bit of Borderlands Three, and I just like I couldn't shake the feeling that the voice was just completely off. But it, it was a different actor, mind you, because the original voice actor, uh, a lot of money, Randy Pitchford. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Randy Pitchford is a bad man. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at, I don't know, just looking at this as a fan of the games, you're just kind of like left wondering what the hell is, is he doing with this? Yeah. I mean, when I first heard that Eli Roth was directing, I had to like double check. I was like, are, are you sure it's Eli Roth directing the Border a Borderlands movie? Like, that, that just seemed a bit off. I was like, ah, oh, it, it could work. Yeah. I, know, I was. Are, what are your guys' thoughts on Eli Roth? Uh, yeah. I mean, those were my thoughts too. It was like, it's a weird choice, but not one that couldn't work but you know with more and more casting announcements it's just been like okay <laughs> i'm i'll be patient but i haven't seen a single what? one of his movies and i'll be honest i don't know if i want to yeah <laughs> uh... um 
I've I've got a guilty like, uh, like spot in me for him. I, I enjoy his, the, the movies I've seen from him. I saw Cabin Fever last year, which mm-hmm. is quite fitting. Uh, I saw Hostel ages ago. I saw Knock Knock ages ago, and I think that those are the only three that I've seen from him. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, Knock Knock. I didn't think was it was. It's not a good movie, but I enjoyed it. Like I I, I laughed at it a lot. Like I had fun with the sudden. It was like terrible. Yeah, I've, I've seen. Fine. I've seen clips of Knock Knock, and it it doesn't look but, uh, great. Cabin Fever has the uh, accolade of having the best N word joke in a movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> take that for what you. It's very two thousands. Well, well I guess of, like, I guess we have to watch it then. It's a it's it's fun. Uh, I'll say that. Very weird as well. It's kind of Twin Peaksy, hmm. huh. in a weird way. I mean, they use um, Angela Badalamenti for like one of the songs in Cabin Fever. Oh, really? And Sick. It, and at one point, I remember I, w- I was watching the Red Dead Media uh, video on Cabin Fever, and they like Jay was saying that like at one point it was actually like Lynch was producing it or something. He had like some involvement, and then oh it wow, just vanished. Like there was just nothing. So, hmm. huh. It's it's uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not entirely uninterested in his work, but like, I don't know. Like there, the, you know, people have so many opinions on this man, and so many of them are kind of negative that like I've I've kind of just avoided him, even as a horror fan. Yeah, his um, movies aren't good. I mean, they're, not, they're, they're I, fun at least. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm expecting out of them. Once I do watch them, is like. They won't exactly be, like, you know, high art, but they're certainly going to be, like, at least fun to watch. I, uh, you know, I enjoyed his performance in uh, <laughs> in Inglorious Bastards. He also made a pretty good uh, fake movie trailer for Groundhouse. It was yeah. the Thanksgiving one. Mm, nice. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, you well, know, I'll have to check I, it out, then. I hope for the best for this Borderlands movie, is all I'll say about is what I'll end end my opinion with. It's just that, like, I hope this works. I hope this isn't bad. Will this be the one not terrible video game movie? How dare you say that Doom isn't a great movie? <laughs> um, I okay. I, I liked the uh, the Takashi McKay Ace Attorney movie. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Besides that, though, I haven't really been very impressed. Except the Super Mario Brothers movie holds a special place in my heart. Because the last time I've, I, I, I saw it, I was probably like 10 or 11. And I used to watch it like all the time when I was a kid. And I haven't watched it since. So I haven't watched it in like 10, 11 years, right? And I, I will never watch it again. Because I don't want to spoil that beautiful memory of that film I have inside of my heart. <laughs> True. I'm looking at the writer for the Borderlands movie now as well. Uh, he wrote Hangover Part 2 and 3, Scary Movie 3 and 4, Superhero Movie and Identity Thief. Thief. All right, so this God. isn't gonna be good. All right, never mind. <laughs> oh, Avi Rod's fucking producing this. No. Yeah. Randy Pitchford's producing this. Yeah. What have done? He's using all the uh, lawsuit money. The lawsuit. Oh money, wait. Yeah. Oh wait. Uh, yeah, he d- he did do all these things, the writer, but he's uh he's Chernobyl. He did Chernobyl. Hmm. So, I don't know. He might pull something good out, because, you know, he did for that, at least in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I wonder if they're going to do, like, like quippy Avengers dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Joss Whedon dialogue. Oh, wait, we can't say Joss Whedon anymore, right? 
Yeah, Joss Whedon's <laughs> been cancelled. Sorry, see ya, bye. Yeah. Fuck Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 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 hope this goes well. Shall we get into the film? I think we should. Yes, we can. Uh, yeah. So we watched Black Swan by Darren Aronofsky, as mentioned before. Came out in 2010. I'll give you just the letterbox synopsis, because the other ones are a bit too long. But it's a journey through the psyche of a young ballerina whose starring role as the du- duplicitous Swan Queen turns out to be a part for which she becomes frighteningly perfect. Um, I think it's a decent-ish synopsis, but it's, it's not really of the actual plot that happens. But yeah, it's mostly just about a baller, like a ballet dancer who gets chosen for the role of Swan Queen, and then she starts uh, like going a bit cuckoo, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, Meg from Family Guys in the movie, which is quite <laughs> cool. Yes. Uh, Neil Kunis, no other reversible. Yes, yeah. Vince Cassel. Nick and I saw yeah. um, uh, La Ina recently, which was really good. I was going to recommend that as well for the podcast, and that's why you guys saw it. So I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, I, I wanna, really want to rewatch that as well. It's really good. Great movie. Yeah. Um, so I didn't see your guys' like, reviews <laughs> until now. Uh, I haven't given it a star rating yet. I just. Because I, I initially gave it a like a five star but i saw it when i was like 14 13 i think it was like one of the first movies that i saw when i was getting into movies so it, it doesn't really hold a special place in my heart but it kind of does mm. in a way <laughs> like i really enjoyed it back then i still enjoyed it now i don't definitely don't think i'd give it a five star but yeah i thought it was really good yeah you yeah. guys i think it's a, a more in the middle yeah i think it's a very well-made movie like um Probably my favorite part is the the cinematography. So I really liked how this was, I think, almost entirely shot on 16mm film, like handheld. Um, and I think like that really comes through like during the the like the dance practicing scenes. There's some really like cool and creative shots that um, they're able to accomplish because of like the mobility of the camera. Um, and it kind of like captures I think like the energy within um dancing i really yeah. like that um it, it like uh yeah overall like the film like looked looked very beautiful yeah i yeah. uh the ballet sequences in particular i think like uh, you know it's it's kind of like the camera's doing a ballet with you know the dancers themselves which is kind of cool mm. yeah i noticed that as well like the camera would like bob up a little bit and like down as they would uh, move their feet forward, like yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah, which was quite cool. There's this one shot like near the the beginning of the film where um, the camera's like spinning really fast, and then it like stops on Vincent Cassell's like face briefly, and then it does that again, like over and over again. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I remember yeah. that scene. So um, yeah, I was I was you know like you saw I was a bit more in the middle. I. I really liked it. I really liked, you know, the performances are great. The the cinematography is great, as Duran says. But, like, I had this same problem with Mother where I, I didn't like it because it felt like I was being beat over the head with the message of the film. 
Yeah, and... that's a common complaint for Aronofsky movies. Yeah. <laughs> or for, for like later ones especially. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. You either like it or you get annoyed by it. Yeah, I mother was the same way, like I said. So it's, I don't know. I mean, you know, the guy obviously has has talent. It's just in terms of writing, uh, I think that's kind of where I, I don't know if it, writing is the right thing to. No, say I, thought, I thought the wrong, writing was but... fine. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I didn't really have too much other issues with the writing. I think it's, um, it's funny that Sebastian presentation. Says... I guess. Yeah. Um, it's funny, Sebastian, that you that you bring up the word like annoyance. Because I told Nick after this, like the one emotion I feel most coming out of this movie is just like annoyance. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really no, I, like I annoyed could, me. I can definitely see some thoughts. And like, uh, I, I, um, sorry, it, it uh, so it annoyed me almost because like I really want to hate this movie more, but I can't because like it is very well made and I can't deny that. It is, it is extremely well-made. Performances are amazing. Cinematography is amazing. The writing's pretty good, for the, for the most part, I'd say. But it's, yeah, like, it just, like, it beats you over the head so much. It kind of, like, pulls me out. But even yeah. worse than that, I think um, it, there's a strange kind of, like, cynicism or, like, I don't want to use the word snobbery, but I kind of feel that sense like from from watching this movie almost as if um like the filmmakers are very happy like all of this like horrible things are happening they're like oh you don't you don't know like the real story behind performances and art but let me let me show you and i I don't know it's like this like you're supposed to feel bad for nelly portman's character of course but at the same time there's this kind of like embrace of the craziness and the evil in a kind of like annoying way i don't know if i if i phrase that very well no you first find yeah, that is like a general complaint of about aronofsky that he can be a bit like snobby this directing i think mother is quite divisive because of that like it's a lot more because it's not i wouldn't say it's not as well made but it's a lot like uh i don't know it's it's, it's very different but it is like a thing that people have a issue with his movies that they can be quite like beating the head, like, you're on the head with the stuff, and he can come off quite snobby. I mean, he is, like, quite uh, snobby, I think, in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, my, one of my complaints would be that a lot of the stuff was quite cheesy. It didn't really, it didn't pull me out, but I noticed it, like, when it happened, like, when she would uh, go to someone, there'd be, like, that jump scare, like, like fake noise yeah. that wouldn't happen mm-hmm. in the scene. Definitely. And I think that they use the parts where they like morphed her face onto the dancers a little bit too much. I'd definitely say, like, like the effect kind of got lost. I don't think the visual yeah. effects were too bad for the most part as well. But I don't think they looked out of place. Um, I think that it would have worked more if I think that the the film spent more time trying to like make you sympathize with Natalie Portman's character, because like even from the beginning she comes off as kind of like. I mean, she's she's obviously, like, innocent, but not in a way that, like, necessarily makes you care for her, like, automatically. And I think, like, if I, if I cared for the character more, then I would have, like, been more affected by those, like, jump scare scenes. Um, yeah. And I think they were, like, cool. Like, I, I liked... Um, 
they're definitely like, cool to look at like that that one scene where um all of her mother's paintings are like coming to life and, yeah they're like, like talking to her, her. Like, yeah yeah, stuff, like, yeah that was pretty cool like i liked i liked like the idea of that imagery but it didn't like affect mm. me emotionally at all because like it didn't i couldn't really like um yeah sympathize with the main character yeah you couldn't sympathize yeah i i, I think that i when i watched it i could sympathize and empathize with her that's why like the emotional stuff that was put in place did hit me that's probably definitely why i enjoyed it a lot more than you guys did mm. but i can see like why you wouldn't i think that complaint is also something i have with uh what's it the movie that inspired this oh perfect perfect blue, blue. Mm. yes i think that i couldn't empathize or sympathize that much with the main character in that which is why i didn't enjoy it as much as when i saw it the first time mm. but i could i could definitely see a lot of like similarities with this and uh perfect blue well obviously because it's it's not really a remake, but it definitely takes a lot from it. I mean, Aronofsky did buy... I think he bought the rights to the movie. Oh, really? Um, initially oh. for... Uh, uh, yeah, for Wrecking for a Dream, so he could recreate the, the one shot of... Uh, in, Rec in Sorry, in Perfect Blue, when she's, like, in the bathtub and she's screaming. Like, that happens at Wrecking for a Dream as well. Like, there's a lot of, like, shot similarities. Oh, I, don't know if he, I don't know if he bought the rights, but he did, like... Like, he's acknowledged that it is, like, a primary uh, influence. Yeah, um, I wouldn't really accuse him, like, of, of, like, stealing or anything like that. Um, I generally, I think, like, that kind of accusation is kind of cheap, especially when it comes to, like, Quentin Tarantino and that kind of thing. But, um, I, I guess I didn't find as much similarities with Perfect Blue and this as I was led to believe. Um, actually, I, I would say this film gets, gets a bit of a bad rap for saying that it rips off Perfect Blue too much, because... Um, well, it does, like, a certain amount. I, I, I actually say... I found more similarities to this movie with, like, The Piano Teacher. And maybe, like, um... Yeah. The Double Life of Veronique. Although it's more, like, a specific thing. But for, like, The Piano Teacher thing. Like, the, um... The relationship that Natalie Portman has with, like, her mom in this movie is... Yeah, straight out of The Piano Teacher, I feel like. Um... And, yeah. and, and that movie, for those that don't know, um... Isabella Hubert is the main character. She plays a piano teacher, and she also she has like this overprotective mom, like uh, Natalie Portman's character does has in uh, Black Swan. And there's like this kind of like weird like sexual tension between the two of them because of that. Um, and even like in in Piano Teacher, there's this one scene where um, Isabel Hubert and this this boy she meets lock uh, herself in like her room while like her mom is, like, banging on the door on, like, the other side, and, like, they're ha they have sex while it happens. And, like, a similar kind of scene happens in, in Black Swan with, um, that imagined, like, sex scene between Natalie Portman and Miley Kunis. Not that that already happened, but... No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something, something interesting I noticed is that, um, so those, those two boys, uh, that they meet at the club, um, they call them Tom and Jerry, but in the credits, uh, I think Sebastian Stan is referred to as Jerry, but in the credits he's listed as Andrew, and no, I don't it's, know. Uh, it's because Mila Kunis was making a joke saying this is Tom and Jerry. Remember, oh, like, I the, thought... the guy said like, "Hi, my name's Andrew." He's like, no, it's Tom and Jerry. Oh, I missed you know, that. I thought I thought yeah. it was yeah. literally just Tom and Jerry. No, his oh. name is actually Andrew, but Mila Kunis was just uh, rolling, as she said. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I thought it was yeah. onto something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well there's that point out the window <laughs> um and uh 
I googled and he did apparently. He does own like the the rights to Perfect Blue. He huh. bought them. Interesting. Wow. So you could just so you could use the bath scene hmm. in Requiem for a Dream. But obviously, Black Swan is takes a lot more inspiration from it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, as you were saying, it wasn't like because I'd always heard that it was like a close remake, and I couldn't really remember. It was like a not an exact remake, but it was like very similar. I, I couldn't really remember perfectly all this movie because I'd seen them ages ago. But like upon rewatching them like day afterwards, they, it, there's a lot of similarities, but there's it's not really like yeah. I like, guess just like the like the core concept of like a of like a woman like like struggling to find like a side of herself or like come to grips with like a side of herself that she doesn't really agree with or yeah, want yeah. to be. Yeah, I agree like, with that's you. It. I mean, like even in, even in genre, I'd say like Perfect Blue is more of like a thriller, while as Black Swan's probably more of like a like a horror drama. Although you know, of course, there's like yeah. elements of, of all these and all the movies. But um, no, I, I didn't really get the sense that you know he was ripping off um, Perfect Blue at all. Yeah, like definitely inspired by, but not. Uh, yeah, still different. I think their approaches are different. Definitely. Another inspiration I saw um, very clearly was um, there's this. Uh, Polish film by Krzysztof Kwiatkowski called um, The Double Life of Veronique. And the idea of that is this girl, Veronique, um, sees, like, a, a doppelganger of herself, um, like, on the street. And then she gets kind of, um, has this own, like, psychic breakdown, kind of. And uh, the film switches perspectives to, like, the doppelganger. Um, and so, like, of course, in, in this film, like, there's there's those scenes where, um, like, Natalie Portman, like, sees, sees herself and, like, other other women, especially, like, Mila Kunis. Is it is it true that, like, every single time she sees herself, it is actually Mila Kunis? Or are, uh, are there I times there where, like... Um, this is where it's not. Uh, or, like, um, yeah. not, not, like, literally, but just... it's, like, a projection. I don't know. Well, Mila Kunis is meant to represent, like, the, the, well, like, literally, like, the black swan or, like, the dark side of her that she doesn't want to embrace. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so she's, that's why she sees herself on that, like, a more darker version of her. Right, yeah. So it's not all the time, but it is most of the time. But also, like, some of the meetings with Mila Kunis might not have happened. Yeah, of course, like, a lot the, uh... more of, like, an unreliable narrator type thing. Like, the Although scene. I think Perfect Blue did it a bit better. Because, mm. uh, yeah, it was a lot more disorientating, so you could really get into, like, the character, whereas Black Swan's a lot more, like, kind of... It doesn't beat you over the head, but it shows you it a lot more. It doesn't mm. really... It explains it a lot more. It just makes it a lot more obvious. But I, I still preferred the conclusion to Black Swan over Perfect Blue. I think Perfect Blue, for me, kind of just stopped when it was getting really good. Like, the, I, I didn't really... I found the ending to be okay, but it wasn't, like, uh, a proper resolution for me for, in Perfect Blue. I agree, actually. Um, I was really disappointed by the perfect the, the ending of Perfect Blue. Um, I thought that the the twist that it was like, oh, it was like some kind of like weird um, like psycho fan that did like all the killings was kind of like a cop out, you know, and like it denied all the um, like the interesting like yeah, it was actually her uh, manager, wasn't it? Her agent. Oh right, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She has Sorry. split personality disorder, both mm. dissociative identity disorder. But then it, I don't know, it doesn't really explain why the main character's going through any of that stuff. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a combat. not okay. Yeah, it's just like, she's like, oh, she's fine, she just visits 
the the woman in a mental asylum. Like, yeah, that's it. It was yeah, it was stupid. Like it doesn't it doesn't like, like go oh, it's further. Just yeah, it doesn't like go further like mm. into exploring your psyche or anything like that. Um, yeah, I guess I don't I don't really have like specific problems with the ending of Black Swan necessarily. I thought like that it, it ended like fine. I just it just annoyed me. It gave me like this like visceral like annoying reaction I, I don't i don't know exactly how to explain that <laughs> yeah i don't i i mean i, I don't almost... think it's the best ending ever but i don't think it's bad i don't really have too many complaints about it i mean it's kind of where the story would have gone to mm-hmm. yeah i agree uh, my only complaint would be that i, I would have preferred it if he didn't show natalie portman removing the towel to, to say oh there's no blood in there like it would have been cool if he just saw me the kunis and then be like oh like it's uh like instead yeah, of explaining like it... to the audience like what like oh no it's because she imagined herself killing me the kunis but she actually stabbed herself yeah yeah you know yeah it does kind I of think... do that thing where it over explains at certain times a little bit too much yeah i think joker did that quite badly yeah <laughs> i was thinking about yeah. that I was, I was thinking about that too um yeah that whole like explanation scene joker was just terrible so unnecessary. I was, I was kind of waiting for it in Black Swan. I was waiting for like the end where she would like it would like go back in time like a flashback. She was like, "Oh, I went like all oh, this wasn't actually real. All oh, this wasn't like <laughs> all this stuff." Yeah, I'm glad he didn't go that far. One yeah. of I think one it of... didn't Fight Club go that far though. Yeah, it did. kind of, but it, it it did that well though because it was a lot more. Um... Yeah, I think, I think well, I think like Fight movie. Club was the first like major instance of that, right? At least in America. I don't know. I think, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. It works in Fight Club for whatever reason, at least for me. Um, one of the other things that, like, I just, I want to talk about Natalie Portman's room. Because it just beats you over the head so hard with the fact that she's, like, this innocent little girl. <laughs> because of, like, all of the, like, you know... There's a ballerina stuff and the bear and the, the wallpaper is yeah. pink butterflies. It's right, just yeah. like and she's got a black swan uh, posh <laughs> in the background as well. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's just like they. I, I'm I'm supposed to believe that this woman didn't grow up at all. Like she. I don't she really think didn't... it's her. I think it's well. Yeah, my understanding was that it's the mom like imposing it on her. That's why like, yeah. she threw them all away. Yeah, definitely, it was a mom like controls her life. And she's like ready, very very controlled. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah of I guess calm. I guess we are yeah, seeing like the first time. Yeah, I yeah, definitely got that sense that she's, uh, you know, getting away from her mother during mm-hmm. all of this. So I, I get, you yeah, know, I, I guess that's that's fair. But I mean, it is still kind of ridiculous. Not not in yeah. like an no, I, not I, in like I, a, I, I can see that. Yeah, not in like a unbelievability sense, but just like a, do you get it? Yeah. Do you get it? She's innocent. <laughs> yeah 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 I, I i took it more so as the mother like making her to be a lot more childlike than she should be like kind of hindering her maturity mm-hmm. but yeah. i mean it's I, I can see why it would be yeah it was a bit uh in your face like yeah. i said they had like a black swan uh like, like she literally had like a black swan like plushy in the background also she like literally turns into like a black swan <laughs> yeah <laughs> And the dude's apartment, how it's it's just like you know black aesthetic, and it's just like I don't. The, oh, yeah, yeah. I Vincent... think the set design, the set design, just really like 
is loving to beat you over the head with like what the themes of this movie are i feel yeah um yeah i will definitely not in every yeah. instance but yeah definitely when 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 we see um vincent cassell's like apartment um it, it, like the way that it's uh, that it's designed it, it's very like a like a black and like white aesthetic like a very like high contrast um which i thought was, was kind of funny yeah it's the two sides the two for sides. homework assignment i want you to go home and touch yourself <laughs> oh yeah um the sex i want to talk about sex a little bit so i know that this film definitely comments on sexual abuse and um abusive like power from people that like hold position of power like as like a cell i mean very clearly like he's creepy kind of like rapey you know um, yeah well literally everyone like it's it's it, it isn't like a public fact but everyone knows that like you if you high up there you have sex with them yeah like that's why beth the old dancer even asked him uh, asked uh, nina sorry natalie portman like oh did you like suck his dick to get the role and like and then she said, uh, no, not everyone has to or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. the, it's the unfortunate reality for, for performers that, like, they're, they're like... Even the mom, like, the mom asks and questions. Uh, right. Matthew Portman. Right, yeah. Um, but at the same time, well, yeah, it definitely is commenting on sexual abuse. I do also feel like this film does kind of the, um, like, the tired, kind of conservative I- idea of, like sex corrupts you you know um so like the point uh, like the point where she's masturbating like earlier in the film i feel like that's that's meant to like signal one of like her um transformations or at least like to like uh signal like the beginning of her decline or something like that um and like throughout the whole film like sex i think is kind of viewed negatively or at least it's associated with like the black swan part of her personality and i think like this is kind of like a very like archaic view of sex um it's i don't know it's just not like terribly terribly nuanced it it, it gets back to like the um the classic dichotomy of um uh like virgin versus whore or like i guess like madonna whore would be like the best way of putting that so like either either women are beautiful virgins or they're like you know, dirty, dirty whores. There's like no like in between there, um, and I, 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 I don't like how that was kind of stretched out to the difference between white and black swan. I, I think it's kind of like you know a bit archaic. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can see that, but um, what was I trying to say? I, I think it it is also critical of like the white, like virginally, like pure uh, thing as well. Like, True. Like he yeah. does like 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 the points that they do make against uh, the. Vincent, I want to say Vincent Gallo, Vincent Cassell's <laughs> character, uh, like says her like that. Yeah, like she's way too like uptight and like not like free in the moment, and it's to your detriment for the most part. And I I can see why you you think the movie portrays like sex as like this like sinful like archaic thing, but I think it more so uh, shows that it's not necessarily a bad thing to go into the dark side i don't think that nina's much not that she's like much worse off when she starts embracing like her dark side but she's definitely a lot more like free and in control and she doesn't like take shit from her mom she doesn't do any of that like she's not as uh 
trying to like look perfect like she accepts that the fact that not everyone's you know made to be like this incredible like mechanical type person i guess as well yeah that is that true it isn't it isn't like um as simplistic as like her going into the to the black swan side is like you know overall way worse um but i'd say yeah. like the majority of it is shown in the negative yeah. light especially yeah. in like how the film ends right i mean she True. literally like stabs herself at the end yeah. and like i would say yeah. she's probably worse off at the end of the movie than, the, than at the beginning oh yeah well yeah obviously yeah i, 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 didn't, I didn't mean to say like she's worse off like obviously she, i mean she died but yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's yeah. very uh it's very strange because like you're you know the point the point being like you know you have to access your dark side to to balance out your light but at the same time like nothing about your dark side was very like positive so Mm -hmm. you just kind of end up with like you know unleash your dark side but like also it'll kill you (laughs) so it's 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 this like kind of thing where they like they didn't i don't know balance that well or they like they didn't show the like because she's just shown kind of as like a whiny baby when she's like when she's like only her light side and it's like i i get that that's the character but like i don't i don't know like something's missing and i don't know what's wrong with this movie and i want to point it out but i don't know what it is to be to be fair to the movie though um i i think that like the the part of like embracing your black swan and then you know this leading to like a decline is kind of one of the points because yeah i mean it is a commentary on like the um like acting performance you know that kind of industry definitely um i mean it is also like part of the black swan like narrative for the dance mm-hmm, like yeah. she says like it's a the white swan she embraces her dark side but then the prince falls for someone else and then she dies and the guy's like well that's kind of depressing and she's like no i think it's kind of like beautiful in a way mm-hmm. i mean that's a bit like on the nose obviously because yeah it's, like she, she you could i mean you could i don't really know if you could make the argument she's better off like being free and like death was the opportunity to get her free in a way because i mean the life she was living wasn't uh ideal yeah i mean yeah. her mom controlled literally every aspect she was bulimic she she also has OCD. I don't mm-hmm. know if you notice, or like OCD tendencies, like she had their auto stuff like that. Obviously, she hallucinated some form of psychosis. Uh, which, I mean, it, it is a bit like, I, I would say that's a bit unrealistic to lump that many, uh, many mental illnesses onto one person. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't really have an issue with that. Because, I mean, it, it, it was part of like the film's stylistic. Uh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. too out of. Uh, like overblown other i mean like a yeah like her ocd stuff and her things like that weren't as prevalent as her hallucinations or stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah and also like her paranoid uh delusions as well like when she thinks that everyone's after her and you know that stuff terry a davis stuff mm-hmm. yeah well, she was right. I, I think that uh, Mila Kunis was, was kind of after her, so apparently I might be, like, justified a little bit. <laughs> I think she definitely was, but not to the extent that oh, Nina yeah. uh, perceived. Like, she wasn't fucking uh, Vincent Castle. Like, she wasn't, like, directly, like, trying to, like, necessarily... I don't think she was trying to uh, take over a role that as much as she 
saw or perceived. Yeah, she Definitely just wanted she to. She like... trying to like get the role, but it wasn't like as uh, intense as what Nina yeah. envisioned. Or like saw. ruthless, yeah. Machiavellian. I mean, she probably just wanted to get that alternate role and nothing else, because yeah. that is still like you know an important role. Yeah, because she even says like, "Hey, I know we had our differences, but I'm like really proud of you." That was mm-hmm. a really good dance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do I do like that it kind of uh, plays with you a lot, um, in terms of like what's real and what isn't. I think that that definitely that element of the movie shines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think, uh, I I think, think it's, it's pretty tight too. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I think, yeah. yeah. I I <laughs> the uh, the effects where it's like on her skin where where they had the like kind of bumps going up like goosebumps yeah yeah i thought i thought that was kind of cool and like you know how certain you know elements of the background would like move and i think you know the first time we see that picture of the mother it like moves ever like you can tell yeah, that it, it moves but like you may miss it if you don't look and mm-hmm. i think you know i just i don't know i like shit like that in movies also i really liked when she would like look in the mirror and then one of her reflections would like yeah. Uh, go a little bit like insane. <laughs> I thought that it did. Because uh, in Perfectly, there's a lot of like mirror shots as well, obviously. Like like where the main character's like looking in the mirror and then she sees her like pop out or solve. So right, I, yeah. I think that aspect was done better in uh, Black Swan because it was like a, a reflection of her. Like just, that just started going psychotic rather yeah. than like a fairy looking uh, version of her. Definitely. Um. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that thought. I, I think I think the the biggest problem for you guys was probably that you did like how emotionally connected you were to the character. I think if you're not that emotionally connected to her, you can't sympathize with her. You're not gonna enjoy it as much. I mean, obviously, since it's in yeah. around her. And, like, I mean, it, well, it was that for sure. But I think the the biggest issue for me was the film's like lack of subtlety. Um, and how, like, I kind of, like, got the film pretty early in, and yet, I don't know, I feel like, I felt like I was treated like an idiot throughout that movie, (laughs) um, and this kind of, like, general, like, annoyance, I, because, because of that, this, like, general, like, um, sense of annoyance I got as, like, the movie went on. Yeah. It's the double-edged sort of understanding where a movie is going yeah. before you've finished it. I, you, I, just kind of, you can kind of see where it's going, and all of the hints are just like, okay, all right, yeah, this is where it's going, all right. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I made a joke early on in the movie that, like, she's going to literally turn into, like, a swan, and then she actually did. And I'm like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I really like Vincent I Cassel. Think our... Big fan of Vincent Cassel. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> I think in like retrospect, I, I, I like the uh, like this when she turned to a swan. When like from my memory, from when I saw it when I was younger, but this time I, it didn't affect me like as much. I didn't really. I wasn't as big of a fan of it as when I first watched it. Hmm. I think it also just comes with like watching a lot more movies and also just being older. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because, like I said, that was, like, one of my first, like, proper movies that, I saw, that I'd watched. Definitely I think that, the first, like, 20. Yeah, I, I think that, like, if I had seen this when I was younger, I probably would have liked it more. Because, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't be as familiar with his influences 
and all of that. Um, because, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, it, it is, like, a very well-crafted, tight film. Um, I think it, you know, it, deserve, it, it definitely deserves praise for that. Um, on a technical level, it's great. I think Natalie Portman was really good in it as well. Yeah, the performances are really great in yeah. Natalie Portman. Um, I love Matinka Sal in it. Mila Kunis was uh, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was yeah. I thought she did like you know, yeah. She's like pretty role. good. Yeah. I didn't have any problems with that. Actually, any like you, you could see, you could see that it was like a Mirakunis role, or like Mirakunis suited the character as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still think she's better in Jupiter's ending, but that's just. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never seen Jupiter's ascending and probably never will. Uh, I saw I saw one clip of it, and I think I saw like the first five minutes. I just stopped. I couldn't handle it. Maybe you're, oh my god you're missing out it's one of the greatest ones i've seen in my life you've seen jupiter ascending no <laughs> the fuck you well you said i was missing out i, I was know, like I was, I was gonna joking. be shocked if you had actually <laughs> seen that movie no way in hell i'll see the movie anyway um is there anything else we would like to add before we close out um i would like to add that i don't think rick would dream beats you over the head as much or i think it kind of does I guess, but I, I feel like it you can emotionally but... relate to the characters a lot more. Because when it beats you over the head, it does it like right near the end as well. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like beating you over the head in that movie is like, is its distinct purpose. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, just it's also that, it's like, a lot more stylized as well. Yeah. It's supposed so to be overwhelming like and like, do you, you, do you get this yet? Don't do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely, I definitely need to check it out. I mean, the 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 best thing that's come out of me seeing this film is that I am you know somewhat interested in and still seeing like the rest of his films. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. I think you've definitely seen Mother, like just out of curiosity, because it is yeah. it is quite divisive. I really want to see it. Mother. It does beat you over the head quite a bit, but it's 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 still I I, I still enjoyed it. There is a great um, visceral tooth and nail conversation in our group chat a few weeks ago about Mother. Half of the, <laughs> half of us like hated and half of us loved it, and just just by that group chat alone, I really wanted to see the movie. It's it's been going that that conversation um, has been going on for like when did Mother come out? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. So that this conversation has been going on for four years between <laughs> the people in that group chat. We uh, so we all the four of us had like seen it around the time it came out in high school. And immediately we we had polarizing like opinions uh you know between this this group of people it was um Tony Joe and Rhett uh, who have also been on the podcast um but me and Rhett were like all right it's a Bible reference we get it shut up um but Tony and Joe you know they 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 love that movie so it's you know we have this like kind of discussion every so often about you know what do you think of Mother. <laughs> But it's yeah. uh, it's fun. I definitely check that out. Obviously, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, that is that's my second favorite movie ever. Yeah, what's your number uh, one? I got deeply uh, Pulp Fiction still. Nice, nice. It was the yeah. movie that got me into movies, and I I mean I haven't seen it in a while, but I can't really. It holds like too special of a place in my heart to really it's, be it's taken over. And I'm not never going to say never though, because uh, I think the last big change was her moved to my third favorite like a few huh. years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I then mean, the rest as well. The rest is also that I've seen. That's good. Uh, Mickey Rock's cool in it. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really want to see the wrestler still. I, I want to yeah. see the fountain. That one looks weird. Fountain. Yeah, fountain does look weird. I want to see Pi. Uh, yeah. A guy, one of my friends recommended to me. He's like a big Lynch fan. Like Lynch is his favorite director. He's like, yeah, you got to check out Pi. And it's pretty short as well, which is cool. Mm. I'll have to check it out. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, if we're all done with Black Swan, do you have anything else to add, Sebastian? Nope. No. All right. Um, we'll move on to the last part of the podcast where we discuss what we've been watching, listening to, reading, or playing. Sebastian, what have you been watching, listening to, I or playing have, recently? Uh, I have not been watching a lot of movies, unfortunately. I really need to get back into it, which I have now. I'm happy about, but I haven't seen a movie in like a month before, perfectly. I can't I think I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get through stages where I can like watch a movie, like like watch movies like a lot, and then I'll have to take like a break like for a few weeks. I don't know. Um, also, I, I just have too much things to watch that it's hard for me to really like sit down and say, okay, I'm gonna watch this. I feel that. <laughs> also, I, I have yeah, I have like a anxiety about like oh like I'll watch like I'll start watching movies like should I really be watching this like maybe this like better stuff to watch or maybe I should be watching something else or. Like, yep. especially when I rewatch movies, I'm like, shit, like, I, I should probably watch something new. Yep. So I've been watching movies, but I have been watching The Wire, which is Ooh, cool. Nice. I'm about to finish season three. Hell I'm yeah. I'm enjoying it quite a lot. Yeah. That's, um... Season one is still my favorite, but season three is... I'm, I've still been enjoying it, like, thoroughly so far. The uh, the ending of season three is amazing. Um, The Wire is definitely, like, one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, Highly recommend it. If everyone's listening, who hasn't seen it. Definitely check yeah. it out. Definitely check me it too. out. Um, I it think took season... me a few years to get to it. Yeah, yeah, same, same for me. Um, I'd say season two is probably my favorite, but you know they're all they're all excellent. Yeah, I I, I will say this without spoiling anything. I liked season one with like a lot of the the theme of like being watched and like that foyer something like how um like some of the shots would be uh Lance Reddick like when he walked into the room it was like it would start on the security camera and then it would like pan up to him actually walking in. Hmm. I don't know if you, yeah, like that, that type of stuff. Like those scenes are uh, pretty cool. I think the, yeah. the show is really well shot though. I need to restart The Wire. <laughs> I, I I got into season one and then I didn't finish it. And like to pick that show up and put it down is like the most impossible thing to do. You can. You, you yeah. cannot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did that like uh, once or twice with The Wire as well. Like I'd watch, I think I watched up to episode four or five and then I just, I don't know couldn't just didn't keep it up but no i have so i'm enjoying a lot it's a hard show to get into i would say the pilot is like terrible honestly (laughs) it's like it doesn't it's it's like one of the worst pilot episodes i've seen (laughs) i think that the show is like quite slow though like if you like like each episode not too much necessarily happens for the most part but then it, it it builds up to like the led episodes where stuff actually starts happening with all the characters exactly but the characters are yeah. really good as well and the writing's like cool the, the so writing's I like yeah, the, excellent yeah it's really very really good yeah um that yeah that, that is why like it's definitely a hard show to get into at first um you have to just kind of stick with it until mm. near the end of like the first season and then i don't know that's kind of what hooked me in the end <laughs> yeah um so that's what i've been watching i've also been watching moral oral the adult swim show isn't that by isn't that by kaufman doesn't kaufman write no, that an episode weird, right? wrote, he wrote an episode for it oh, oh cool. what's what's it's that about by, i've heard of that 
Uh, it's a, it's an adult swim show that's claymation. It's about like a little age-old kid who lives in like a really Christian town with Christian family and stuff like that. And kind of just, it makes a lot of fun about Christianity and, and stuff like that. Like it makes fun of it. Hmm. Um, I would that's recommend it, but it's, uh, it's made by Dino Stamatopoulos. Have you guys seen Community? I have. You know, there's that guy. I can't remember his name now, but he, he stars in Community. Where it's like the he's like a side character. Wait, let me. He's a giant beard, right? I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, it's, it's he's got a name. He's got like a like a weird name, as well. Wait, I'm gonna find it now. On the Starburns, he he plays Starburns. Oh, so Starburns. Can, oh yeah, I was thinking yeah. of the wrong guy, but yeah, I know. No, who yeah, you're talking Starburns. About. Yeah, that's the guy who created the show. That's um, cool. and some of the later episodes are directed by the same guy who directed Anomalisa. But I would, oh. yeah, I would hmm. recommend it. Um, I, I think it's on HBO Max. By, uh, I thought Amalisa was directed by Kaufman. Uh, I think it was, but he directed with another guy who... Yeah, well, he, oh, did, gotcha. he did, like, uh, stop motion in Moral Oral and the show after. But yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's on HBO Max. They did, like, a 1080p upscale as well, so you can watch it properly now. Cool. Nice. The, the episodes are short as well. They're, like, 10 minutes long. Mm. Nice. You get to see an age old smoke crack. <laughs> um, Alright, Duran, what have you been uh, watching, reading, listening to? Unless you're not done. I don't want to cut you off. Are you uh, done? <laughs> I do, are going to. I can speak about what I've been playing and listening to as well. Sure, go uh, ahead. I, I cool. I've uh, been playing Dark Souls 2 for the past couple of days. Oh, God. I'm nearly completed. Actually, I think I remember you talking about watching The Wire and playing through Dark Souls 2 and not liking it in the one co- podcast episode you're on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is very coincidental. That's but, funny. Um, I think I'm nearly done the game. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I don't think it's great. It's definitely not my favorite Souls game by a large degree, but it's not... I kind of got used to it. You I'm do kind of get used well. to it. I never you also you, you, to... you, 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 yeah, you need to... Did you level up agility to 100? Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that mechanic is so stupid. I don't know Stunned. why. So stupid. It's Man, so like... Stupid. A lot of the stuff is stupid in that, but I don't, I don't think it's horrible. I don't think it's amazing either. You, so, the thing about Dark Souls 2, for me, is that, like, you definitely get used to it at a certain point. Like, you get used to its bullshit. But in my case, I never came around to, like, liking it. I don't know. I, I just... I despise that game i could i could go off on like a like a five hour rant about like every single thing i despise about that game but i, I can definitely see why people <laughs> dislike it like I, I have no uh issue if someone doesn't doesn't like it because i can probably be that person as well but i don't know i, I got into it and i think it's pretty good i think it's very easy though i don't know i've, I've been breezing through like every single boss i've come across yeah, until that's the, the ancient dragon yeah. I killed the Ancient Dragon today. That was the only boss that I had to try for more than three attempts. Dude, that took forever. Oh my god. I hated that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the bosses were, like, ridiculously easy, but... Um... I think there's there's way too many as well. It just kind of mm-hmm. cheapens, like, the whole thing. Like, like a, a big aspect of the Souls games is, like, you fight this, like, big boss, and you, like, battle against them for, like, so many tries, you finally beat them, you, like, victorious. And then this game is, like, most of the bosses are just a joke. Yeah, exactly. Like most yeah, of them take like, like literally all of them, and and they happen too regularly as well for them to be special. Exactly. Yeah. Like um, yeah, certain areas would have like two or three bosses that take you like one try each. 
Um, whereas, like, actually getting to the bosses is usually, like, the, the difficult cool. and, like, bullshit part when you have, like, thousands of ganky enemies after you every single time, and they'll, like, never <laughs> give up an aggro. God. Um, don't... Okay, yeah. I'm not gonna talk about their Souls, so I'll be here forever. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. But yeah, I've been playing that, and then I played through Dishonored 1, like, a week before that, before I started playing Dark Souls, and I enjoyed Hell that yeah. a lot. Hell yeah, I love Dishonored. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites now. And then in terms of what I've been listening to, I've been getting into Bjork. Bjork. Oh, nice. Yeah. What have you uh, listened to? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't uh, gone, I've gone up to Homogenic. I've listened to her first three albums. I listened to her like ages ago, but I haven't listened to her like, like, like start of the album to the end of the album. Ever. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool, let me start doing that. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. And also Porter said, I've gone to Porter said recently. So, yeah. Very Those cool. are my two listening. Nice. All right. Well, uh, Duran, what have uh, what have you been uh, watching, reading, listening to? Um, I've been watching a lot of movies. Surprisingly, <laughs> not surprisingly. Always, um, always surprised to hear that you're watching movies. I'll I'll briefly touch upon um, my my favorites that I've watched recently, and um, I'll I'll have you cover the ones that we saw together. All right. <laughs> um let's see so vitalina varela was really good it's um pedro costa's latest film about um this woman vitalina varela who comes to um portugal after like her husband died and um like like most of his more recent films um you like don't really know what the hell is going on for for most of it um, it's really like a like a visual experience, I would say. Um, just amazing cinematography, these amazing like use of shadow, um, and I was very disappointed that the Academy didn't nominate it for best foreign film. But you know, Costa is never going to get an Oscar, so I'm over it. They never they never nominate anything good. In the... nope. Actually, that's yeah, not when... true. But like, <laughs> they, they, well, the they are the often disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Oscars is in general like mostly disappointing. Oh yeah, oh, it's like sometimes they all like surprise you, but that's a very very rare. Uh, yeah. Thing to happen. Yeah, Parasite was like the only good thing to happen in the last like twenty years. But anyway, um, I'll touch upon this briefly, even though we've both seen this. Nashville was really good. I rewatched that. Big fan of. Uh, Robert I Alton. I need to see that. I I need to see an Alton movie as well. Yeah, any of them. definitely check out um, Nashville. I mean, that's like kind of like a must-watch. My favorite one by him is um, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. That's also my favorite like um, Western of all time. Definitely check that out. Um, yeah, they, uh, like all of my watches, I just need to make the time to, uh, get yeah. to them. <laughs> um, Death by Hanging. It's a um, Nagisa Oshima. Um, Japanese New Wave film. Uh, it's like a... Uh, political uh dark comedy about this man who just cannot be executed um and it covers like some interesting um uh japanese like cultural issues at the time uh i, I really enjoyed it i definitely need to check out more oshima and new wave japanese new wave and uh last night i saw judas and the black messiah at a drive-in um in virginia that was really good highly recommend that uh, one of the better biopics I've seen, like, ever. Um, I thought it was really... It, it didn't really seem to, 
whitewash any of the um the black panthers especially like fred hampton's like politics i know that like going into it a lot of people were concerned that it was gonna like whitewash the fact that he was like a communist socialist but that was actually a pretty significant part of the movie and it shows kind of how um the justice department at the time and still now is very corrupt and used you know illegal methods to to take him out that was very good um in terms of the rest of those things i don't think i did anything else i i listened to um david bowie's low which i wasn't the biggest oh. fan of to be honest oh okay <laughs> but <laughs> i uh, wasn't the biggest fan of it either yeah but i'm a big fan uh, of bowie though <laughs> huge fan of bowie i need to um re-listen to yourself that's actually that's my next artist after bjork i'm mm. gonna re-listen to a lot of david bowie stuff because i haven't listened to him for a long time Besides Laura, Laura listened to last year. I, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely very different. Yeah, um, I, I honestly think my favorite album by him is still Blackstar. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Nick, what have you been watching, listening, reading, or playing? Um, I have uh, uh, I've seen some things. Um, so for uh, class, we had to watch uh, Seven Days in May. Um, pretty interesting film uh for those who don't know it's a um i always forget his name uh frankenheimer frankenheimer yeah so it's a frankenheimer film about um kind of uh uh, what's the word for this i always forget the word a coup it's uh so it's it's about um an army general potentially performing a coup in the united states and kind of all the you know uh all that would come about with such a thing happening but um pretty good you know relevant for today because of recent events um yeah uh i also saw first cow uh with Duran. um very good movie it's just a very good like um i don't want to call it feel good but it's it's a very like <laughs> chill movie it's very like yeah it's chill yeah um yeah a24 like barely ever disappoints yeah well, doesn't disappoint too often in case. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's a fun movie about, um, uh, would you call it fun? I guess, I don't know. I guess I would. For the most part, it's a fun movie. But it's about, you know, the um, uh, these two guys who uh, set up a um, kind of bake stand in, like, the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, uh, you know, adventure ensues. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, go in a, as blind as possible. This was a fun blind watch. Um, we also saw Last and First Men. Yeah. Um, boy, is it absolutely heartbreaking that uh, Johan Johansson isn't going to direct anything anymore um, because that movie is... I I gave it five stars. Like, it's you get lost in the visuals and it's it's absolutely amazing and tilda swinton's narration doesn't hurt the movie either for those Um, who don't know it's a um it's technically a sci-fi film but basically all it is it's like um black and white cinematography um shooting like brutalist architecture and like sculptures and stuff like that while tilda swinton narrates in the background talking about this like um future civilization um, so it's like, technically it is a sci-fi film, 
but um very loosely very loosely um which i think is to its benefit because it's not strictly about sci-fi yeah yeah um we <laughs> uh we watched justice league didn't we <laughs> i think so <laughs> um so uh yeah uh, I I rewatched Justice League. Duran, this was his first time watching. It was um it was a blur. Um, it's an even worse movie than I remember it being. Um, it's just so bland and awful. Like I just uh. Anyway, but we're gonna we're gonna needs uh, Jarletto in it. <laughs> of course, and black and white. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. We'll 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 talk. We'll open the can of worms that is Justice League when. Uh, Come March. I am so excited to watch that movie drunk. I don't know if we've announced it yet, but we'll be talking about the Snyder Cut. (laughs) We only say it every time anything happens pertaining to the Snyder Cut. I'm going to get so wasted, dude. (laughs) It's the only way you can watch four hours of Zack Snyder content. (laughs) Um, uh, but besides that, uh, let's just move on because I don't want to talk about Justice League any more than we have to. Uh, so we also watched uh, Thief together. Uh, Thief was pretty good. Thief is Michael Mann's first uh, feature film starring um, James Caan. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, pretty good. Um, we also watched JFK in Nashville, like he said. JFK is a big ball of conspiracy, and it's very fun to unravel. It's kind of stupid, but like I don't know. You just just go along with it. Just go along with how insane it is. Yeah, and you know you'll have a a pretty good time. It's complete nonsense, but it's a good time. Yeah, we watched uh, Lahane together. You you already talked about Nashville, so I'm just gonna skip on Nashville. Um, Lahane Lahane was great, dude. Lahane's uh, Lahane's like exactly what I want out of a movie, and I might I might bump it up to five stars. I just. Uh, Lahane. Yeah, I was also. I think I started at five stars, and then I kind of like uh, let me bring it back down to like to the four point five. And but in retrospect, I think when I if I like watch it again, I'm definitely going to give it a five star. The Lahane's ending is so good. So good. One of my favorite endings. It's so like it's very very effective. Yeah. I love I love how like nuanced it is too. Um, it's it's very complicated, which is you know what the issue comments about is too. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that brings us up to Black Swan. Uh, I did watch half of Doctor Sleep last night, but then I paused it halfway through because it was getting late. But, um... Then you fell asleep. I was... No, I didn't, I didn't fall asleep, but... <laughs> I don't know, I just... would be very ironic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doctor Sleep. I don't know, it's, it's... It was pretty good. Uh, it's just, like, it's not The Shining, and you have to... You have to accept that this is going to lean more into Stephen King than it will Kubrick's The Shining. And as long as you kind of approach it that way, I think you're good. Because there's a lot of, like, you know, obviously there are ghosts in The Shining, but this, like, amps it up, and it's just, like, there's ghost lore and shit. And it's just like, okay, this is a Stephen King movie, not Kubrick's The Shining. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you more about it once I finish it for full because i was watching the three hour director's cut you know you get halfway through it and you're just like okay all right there's an hour and a half to go do i really want to stay up till uh 4 a.m watching this (laughs) um 
but the answer was no. But I'll, t I'll tell you guys more about what I think of Dr. Sleep once I finish it, I guess. Um, whenever that might be. Um, in terms of what I've been listening to, I have been listening to The Voice of Love and Floating Into the Night uh, by Julie Cruz, which is, um, that's been that's been fun to listen to, just because that's very, like, you know, obviously there's Twin Peaks connections there, but it's just, uh, it's fun, moody music. Some of it's not fun, but, you know. <laughs> um, in terms of playing, I actually have been playing things. Uh, I've been getting a little bit more into Rocket League because that's what my friends are doing. And I played it a little bit when I was um, like when it was first kind of out. But boy, have I forgot how fun Rocket League can be. Um, if you if you haven't uh, given it a shot, you definitely should. I don't know if it's still free on the Epic Store. I think it went free to play, from what I understand. So yes, it's nope, free to play nope. on the Epic Store. Go pick up Rocket League. It's 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 a blast. It's a good time. I I, play, I like binge that when I came out. Yeah, I've never given it a proper shot, but I definitely still need to. I mean, as long as you have, you know, get a group of friends, have fun, just you know, have a good time with it. Yeah, I've got I've got like friends who've got two thousand hours on that game. <laughs> Jesus, so. holy crap! That's like yeah, me and CS:GO. Only plays Rocket League. Literally, only plays Rocket League. <laughs> Good, good, good for people who have found their games, you know. Good for people like you, uh, Duran, who have found CS Go for two thousand hours. Shh! Don't tell my parents. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I've put, I've, oh. I think I've put like eight hundred hours into Dota two since my lockdown started in the end of March, early May. Oh, nice. I mean, early April, sorry. So, nice. yeah, that's been my game. <laughs> No, no disrespect here. That is, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been struggling to starve off the boredom, and, uh, it's definitely not a bad way. Dota 2. I just watched three movies in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You moved on from CSGO to just watching movies all the time. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> It's, but, it's, a, it's yeah. a far more productive use of my time, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know. What it was, you know, who's, who's, who's to say? Who's to judge? That's what, a good point. What's a better use of your time? Only God. Um, <laughs> only God will judge. And on that note, Sebastian, thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for having being me. here, man. And uh, hope, you'll, hope you'll join us again sometime soon. Yes. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of Aronofsky's movies more. Definitely Re Requiem for a Dream, I'm sure uh, you will. Definitely and, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing what you think about Mother as well. Hell yeah. Excited for that one. Excited for Requiem. Excited for Fountain. We're going to check him out, aren't we, Nick? Hell yeah, we are. I'm excited yeah. to show you Requiem. Let's do it. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. Thanks again for joining us, Sebastian. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. See ya.